Welcome to Across the Street, your one-stop shop for all things inpatient medicine at the Durham VA, from faculty and staff who know it and love it just as much as you do. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Across the Street. Dr. Caputo here. Today, we have a very special episode for y'all. I am super excited to speak today with Joan Carter and Mary Thompson, two of our excellent physical therapists here at the Durham VA. We're going to talk to them today about what it means to be a physical therapist at the VA, what it is that they do for our patients, and how best to communicate with them. So just to introduce y'all, you have probably run into Joan and Mary on the ward at some point. Joan uh, is a graduate of Northeastern University in Boston in the late 80s, and she has been a physical therapist ever since then. She's worked in the private sector and in the VA. She's worked at Duke. She's worked at the CLC, and she's been here at the Durham VA on the seventh floor since 2015. Mary Thompson graduated from UNC, and we will forgive her for that. She got her Doctor of Physical Therapy at VCU in Richmond and has similarly worked in multiple different clinical settings, including inpatient and outpatient and private NVA. She's been with us at the Durham VA since 2018. Thank you so much for being with me today, Joan and Mary. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Why don't we start out broadly just with what does a physical therapist do and when do patients need you? So in the hospital, I always introduce myself. This is Mary. Sorry. This is Mary. And when I first introduce (laughs) myself to patients, I, I say, hey, the doctor wants me to check you out. I'm the physical therapist here in the hospital. Have you ever encountered a physical therapist before? Because a lot of the individuals that are here maybe have seen it in the outpatient basis. And I try to change their mindset a little bit. Well, here in the hospital, we're working on your overall well-being. Can you mobilize well? What is the reason why you're even in the hospital? We're going to work on your general health mobility, try to prevent any of the uh, sequela of being in the hospital with a plan to keep you active and healthy while you're in the hospital and how we can make you active and healthy beyond the hospital. So, That's like our initial physical therapy goal when we're first walking in the room. So how do we know that physical therapy is needed for a patient who really needs your care? Right. It could be the gamut. I mean, people are coming in for post-surgical procedures. Anyone that has come in with a fall, maybe we can help you Uh, deduce why the fall was happening in the first place. We do take a lot of uh, inventory with what social support someone has, anyone that complains of um, having difficulty managing walking or moving around. I think anytime that you have a question about somebody's safety and functional mobility at home, but I think anytime that you go, you know, I'm worried that this person is not doing well at home, not doing well here, then we'd love to see them. I think earlier rather than later in their stay so that we can see and we can kind of get an idea where they're at. So if we do have to do anything, then we've got some time to to get some things, get things set up, get things done and and get, get the full picture of them. Got it. So physical therapists kind of take a 10,000 foot view of a patient's mobility and functionality, everything from their home support and safety at home down to their mechanics of the way that they move. Is that correct? Exactly. One of the questions that that we had discussed earlier was just about how we make our recommendations. And this might actually be a good segue into that decision when we're looking at somebody. We're looking at their, their basic mobility. Can they get up? Can they move around? 
Can they get to the bathroom? Are they orthostatic? So we're going to look at that as an inpatient. So these are things that, you know, if you're seeing a PT in the community for your ACL tear, it's a very different focus than what we're looking at here. So, you know, they're, they're not checking the row two sets, but that's something that we would do. So we're, we're looking at their function, taking into consideration that they're here with some other medical or surgical issue. And then we're looking at their social situation. Where did they come from? Who's at home with them? What sort of home setup do they have? All these things are tells to us, is this person going to be safe to go home? Are they able to, to manage on their own? Yeah. So objective measures, there's a lingo that I think that we as physical therapists use um, that's broken down in a huge manual and it's called the FIMS. <laughs> and when when you do do the FIMS, what it does- What does that stand for, Mary? Yeah, functional independence measure. Got it. So when we're talking and you see in charts like minasis, modasis, maxasis, that actually breaks down into a statement. It's more like how much I am doing. So oh, if okay. minasis, yeah, minasis is it's 25%. I only have to help the patient 25%. So the patient has to do the 75. It is a complex picture that sometimes even if you wanted to do um, higher level gait speed, single leg stance, Tanetti test, Berg balance test, all these outcome measures, the fact that they're here in the hospital and their medical acuity and the logistics of doing these in the hospital is very challenging, but that really doesn't give us an indication of their cognitive status or how much support they have at home. Yeah. There's a multifactorial thing that we're synthesizing down. So as far as objective measures, like what are the things that we look at? Um, my answer is PT spidey sense. <laughs> That's my objective measure. Um, oh, can you bottle that possibly? We can bottle that. With no, them? it's very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as corny as it sounds, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So, so thank you for clarifying that. So what I'm hearing is that there are a battery of objective assessments that you can use, but that's not really the whole story. A lot of it is your clinical gestalt and watching them function on their own and seeing what they're capable of and where they need support. Exactly. And and thank you for also, you know, reminding uh, me and our listeners that what we're talking about today specifically is inpatient physical therapies, which means you're assessing that individual in the context of this acute change to their baseline health. How do you translate that clinical gestalt and the objective measures if you use them into dispo recommendations for our patients? You know, how do you know when someone needs home health versus some higher level of care? Yeah, sure. I recommend the least restrictive environment that they can be in and get the, the care that they need. So if someone is able to safely go home, they could get therapies in the home and that would be sufficient to meet their needs. That's always going to be my first recommendation. Then I'm going to decide, is this person doing well enough that they can get to an outpatient facility? Do they have someone to drive them? they're mobile, they're walking, they don't need services coming out to the house. If I'm worried about somebody's safety, then I'm going to want boots on the ground, somebody coming out and looking at their, their home setup, seeing if there's any recommendations that can be made. So if these folks who are falling at home, I'm going to want someone to go out there, a specialist, a home health specialist who looks at how their bathroom's set up, looks at how their kitchen is set up, looks at their throw rugs, looks at all these things 
so that's when we're really going to be shooting for home health. And then the next level is if they're they're not safe to go home. You know, there's somebody that needs a lot of assistance to get out of bed or have they've just recently had a CVA and need really need intensive therapy. That's when we're going to say go someplace for rehab. So our choice is there or they can go to a skilled nursing facility which is what a lot of our folks do, which is what our CLC is, is a skilled nursing facility. I love our place. Who um, doesn't? Yeah. Um, and so they're going to get a good chunk of therapy while they're there. It can be fantastic. And it's going to be a little bit less intense from a length of stay standpoint. So they may be given a little bit more time to get things done. Um, they're not going to try to push them out in two weeks. Um, when they can usually get PT, they can get OT, they can get speech. The next level with sometimes I know there's some confusion is what acute rehab is. Joan, is the CLC acute rehab? No, the CLC is considered sniff level of care. Oh, so could you explain the difference between those two really clearly? I, certainly, certainly. So, <laughs> so, so an acute rehab is specifically credentialed level of therapies the person coming in has to be able to tolerate a total of three hours a day of combined therapies. So probably could be an hour of PT in the morning, an hour of OT in the morning, maybe an hour of PT in the afternoon, some speech. So it's going to be a very intense situation. They have very stringent admission criteria because coming in the door, they're going to want to know your discharge plan. So you're going to walk in the door and they're going to say, we're going to give you two weeks to work on this. What is your plan at the end of two weeks to the family? Where are you going from here? When I said that someone going to a sniff has a little bit more leeway in their length of stay, that's what I was referring to. So a sniff is going to look at how are they doing? Do they require more time to a point? So when we say sniff for rehab, we mean that more gentle version of rehab rather than acute, say, post-operative rehab. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, that's so, a good distinction for medicine people to know, because I don't know that we all understood that nuance. I'll say personally, before this conversation with you, I think I was using those two terms interchangeably. So it's good to know that there's a difference there. Yeah, you're not alone. I mean, it's sniff rehab is much more common. So this is what we're all more used to. But the other is out there if needed. And we actually need to get approval for it from the, the PMNR docs to see if these folks are even appropriate. It is a separate level. Thank you for that clarification. I, the theme that I'm hearing here is that achieving and then maintaining independence is a priority for physical therapists, and I'm sure it is for the patients also. So can I ask, are there any benefits to our veterans receiving physical therapy and support through the VA system specifically? Oh, yes, I would say very much so. I think our rehab, our veterans that come here for their care have such great continuity of care that can have a nice segue from seeing their PCP here here, being inpatient here, being able to see all these charts. So you're the inpatient doctor, seeing them, inpatient therapist, seeing them. I can do a warm handoff to any outpatient therapist that's same within the VA. And that's a great benefit for our veterans here. And one of the nice things about the VA is that we're able to provide a lot more equipment and DME than outside facilities can. Medicare 
is very limited on what they will pay for as far as wheelchairs, walkers, canes, hospital beds. So we're able to get people what they need and get it in a timely fashion. We're able to send them home with the stuff that they need. We don't have scooters um, behind the VA that we can sort of drive up and let folks test drive. Um, so that's as down the, the street, right? That's, that's yeah, that's on 70. Um, <laughs> So I know sometimes you guys have folks ask you for that and you wonder, you know, is this something that I need to deal with while they're here in the hospital? And you can just tell them this is something that to talk to your PCP on your, your annual exam or your normal visit so that it's not an acute care issue. Yes, that's good for us to know for sure. You know, it sounds like I'm, I'm so impressed and blown away by the incredible work that y'all do for our veterans. Um, how do we find you? Obviously, they put the order in CPRS, but what are the, the next steps? And then if we have follow-up questions for you on a patient who you've already seen, how do we find you? Yeah, you can place the consult whenever you would like. The earlier, the better. And just a little tip, if you're thinking that it, it could be a, an acute medical emergency sort of thing, you can put a little note on the consult, hey, we're ruling out NSTEMI, but we want you to go see this person. So that gives us an idea of when to sort of triage. I don't mind you know, looking through the chart. We know when to come in. Um, so placing the consult earlier, the better. We usually receive the consult. So you can try looking through the chart to see if the consult has been answered by that therapist. So looking on the consult itself to see who has received it. Catching us on Teams. Um, find us in the seventh floor gym. You can also, I think we're working on getting Vocera, Joan, and yeah. that is another means of um, communicating with us, which if you're not familiar with that, it's a paging system within the VA. Oh um, yeah, you guys, you guys having Vocera would be awesome. Do you carry physical pagers anymore? I know you used to. Uh, no, they, they, we no longer, no longer carry the actual pagers. So if you find that pager list in your room, just throw it away. And for me, I'd love to talk to people face to face. I think you can explain things and understand each other so much better just by talking. Come in, you know, if you have a question about why are you recommending that this person goes to a SNF? They, they, they told me they want to go home. Very often, what the patient may be requesting may not be the safest option for them. You, you bring up the good point of occasionally there's a disparity between our recommendations or our best thoughts as, you know, the providers for the patient with the patient themselves. And one thing that we also haven't talked about yet that I'd love y'all's thoughts on or, you know, clarification on is occupational therapy is another service that we often consult in conjunction with physical therapy when we want to know more about this patient's functional assessment. So could you speak a little bit about how what you do is different from what OT does and why we need both? Certainly, certainly. Um, so how we'll start by how we're similar in that we're both looking at this person's functionality and their ability to go about in the world, um, basically, um, take care of themselves. So in physical therapy, we're looking at more the meat and potatoes of how they're moving. We're looking at their strength, their range of motion. We're, we're looking very specifically at gait. I mean, gait is what we do. Occupational therapy is looking at that also, but they're doing it in the realm of their specific ability to take care of themselves. Can they put on their pants? Can they feed themselves? The, what they like to say it is the occupation of living. What is involved in taking care of your life? Can this person, do they need 
something to get in their shower so they can shower safely? Do they need specific DME in the hospital too? OT will dabble in cognition also. So they do some more specific testing on the person's ability to care for themselves from a executive function sort of standpoint. If all of us are thinking that this person is going to require some level of skilled care, the facilities that they're going to are likely going to want to see that OT has seen them also. They're going to look at both disciplines to see what this person's rehab and therapy needs are before they accept them. So if we have any suspicion that someone might need placement for a higher level of care, even in the short term, we should get physical and occupational therapy on board as soon as possible. Yeah, that would be wonderful. And just trying to distill down the real difference between PT and OT, it sounds like both have the common goal of assessing global functionality for the patient. Physical therapy focuses more on gross motor and the ability to do things. OT focuses more maybe on life planning and the, you know, the cognitive and the physical ability to do for oneself. Is that a fair way to say it or is that overly simplistic? No, I think that's a completely fair way to say it. And then we're both dealing with that FIM scores. <laughs> and so you have that huge manual where you'll also grade tasks of those fine motors and daily living with, can this patient do these um, executive function tasks with this level of supervision assist, which can then be graded. So yes, I think that's a fair way to sum it. Okay, that's super helpful. Is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't or anything that we missed? I would just say in sum that if you're wanting the physical therapist, we're really helpful in helping prevent some readmissions, okay? So if there's one little tidbit for residents saying, man, I don't know about discharging this person, hopefully they consult us earlier than later, but we're really good at looking at someone's current functional state taking their medical diagnosis that you guys have are coming down to, and then planning what resources that the patient has or what the patient needs and synthesizing all that to get on the best discharge plan. So I'd say that in an inpatient physical therapist, we all do a very good job at doing that. Yeah, I, I can personally attest to that. And really and truly, the care that we offer in the hospital is so much more valuable when it's interdisciplinary. And I know that our patients really value the time that y'all spend with them. So thank you so much for what you do in the hospital and also for talking to me today. This has been a treat. My pleasure. It's, this, has been, this has been great fun. Yeah. Well, thank you one more time to Joan Carter and Mary Thompson, our amazing physical therapists at the Durham VA. Please feel free to stop them in the hallway and say hello because they're clearly really awesome people and very easy to talk to. We don't bite much. <laughs> Not much. Um, so, thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you, thank, Dr. Caputo. Thank you for being here. And as always, the views and opinions expressed today are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Durham VA or the Veterans Health Administration. Thank you.